our faith is a visionary faith because our God is a God of vision. Therefore, our faith has to be a visionary faith. It's just the way that God has made it. We see this in the story of his people. Right in the beginning, when he created man, he gave him vision. He said, I want you to have dominion, to multiply, to fill the earth, to be under rulers in this world that I've created. And then we see it in the forming of God's people. First, he chose Noah, and he gave him vision of a world that could be without all the evil that they were around. And he said, Noah, I'm going to spare you and your family because I'm going to bring a reset because I've got vision for a better world. We see it in his journey with Abraham. He gave him the vision of a descendancy that will come, that will fill the whole earth. He gave him the vision of a son, even in his old age, and how that son will birth the descendants that is to come, that will form the people of God. We serve a God of vision. We see it in the story of Joseph, a man who had dreams, but those dreams were only there to give him a vision to do something that will save humanity from the drought and the famine that they were in because we serve a God of vision. We see it in Moses. He had vision to see the oppression that God's people went through and he beat up an Egyptian man because he had vision of what God has called those people to before. And then he had vision to lead these people towards the promised land. And then the people themselves had vision of a place where they can live in the fullness of God's provision. You know why it's called the land of milk and honey? Because milk and honey are the two things that humans can't produce, like crops. And that we don't have to work to get. It just happens naturally. God is a God of vision. We see it in King David. We had a vision and wrote all these psalms and poems about an eternal king and an eternal throne and an eternal kingdom that is to come. We see vision in the person of Solomon, his son, who dreamed about building God, the most amazing temple, and that temple was destroyed. But then we see vision in the likes of Haggai and Ezra and Nehemiah, who said, let us go and rebuild the temple with vision. Our faith is a visionary faith. Because our God is a God of vision. And more than that, throughout the story that I just painted to you, he was planting seeds. He was putting in promises of a future vision. Of a Messiah, a Savior, a King who will come and who will usher in the kingdom of God in its fullness. And then even he steps into this world and he gives us vision of the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. So if our God is a God of vision and our faith is a visionary faith, we have to be people of vision ourselves. And if you agree with that, say amen this morning. All along this story, we are called to be people of vision. We know what the Bible says about those who lack vision, that they perish. And this morning is a moment for us to upgrade our vision of God and his plans and his purposes and his calls for us as a people of God. Over the past few weeks, since we started going through the book of Haggai, the Lord has been working and building moments of vision in us. Two weeks ago, I said that our purpose mission statement as a church going forward is simply going to be this, follow Jesus together. Now, mission is who you, we are, and that's just 
what we naturally do. That is just the expression of who we are as people. We follow Jesus together. But at some point in the mission, in the being, God introduces vision. He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's a sense of vision there. But then we open up in Luke chapter 10 for a moment this morning and where we see now God gives them a vision to run with. So he calls 72 of the disciples together and he says this to them. He said, go ahead to the towns that I need to still go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then he sent them out and he says, the kingdom of God has come. And then he gave them vision. He says, when you enter a town and the town receives you, here's the vision of what will happen. You will go in there and proclaim the kingdom. And you will heal the sick and you will proclaim that the kingdom of God has come. Because God has got a vision that constantly gives vision to his people. This is echoed in John 4 verse 35 when Jesus uses the same language and he says, Do you not say there are yet four more months? Then comes the harvest. Jesus said it's time for new vision. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. He didn't just ask them to follow him and be on mission with him together. He invited them to become people of vision who will lift their eyes and they will see the harvest that is ready for the taking. Isn't that amazing? What do we see? As a church family this morning, what do we see? What is the vision that, that we carry? Because it's great that we are on mission together, following Jesus together. But this morning, I think God wants to come and reignite our hearts with what we see. What is in front of us, the harvest, the ready harvest for the taking, that we would be people of God who go and receive that harvest. As a church family, how is our vision stewarding this vision of reaping that harvest? And are we doing it right? So this morning, I want to say to us again and afresh, what is our vision as a church? Our vision as a church is to see a diverse church of devoted disciples who demonstrate the kingdom of God in their homes, their community, and beyond. The vision of this house is a diverse church of devoted disciples who demonstrate the kingdom of God in their homes, their community, and beyond. In Luke chapter 10, when he sent them out, what did he say? He said, go and demonstrate the kingdom. Go to all the towns. There was a sense of diversity. Go to all the peoples around. Go as my devoted disciples because the kingdom has come. And for us as a church, this is our vision. We see diversity in this church. We see devotion in this church. We see a demonstration of the kingdom of the, in this church. And then whatever season we might be in, and if there is a season where we have to do church in our homes, we can express that vision because it's part of our vision. The kingdom can be demonstrated in our homes. It is more effectively and more practically and more powerfully, beauty, beautifully demonstrated in community. But then there's even a beyond. That God has even called us to other places beyond this community. The disciples were called not just to be following, but to be people who lift their eyes and who demonstrate the kingdom of God in the world around us. Go and heal the sick. 
Proclaim repentance. Proclaim that the kingdom has come. And I believe that it's not just the physical sick, but the spiritual sick. Those who are like sheep without a shepherd, with compassion we go and we declare the hope of Jesus to them in their worlds. And it starts in our homes, but it stretches from the furthest corners in our own community, if you look out of this basin, but then it echoes from there into faraway lands. That's the vision that he has for us as a house this morning. Now for us to see this vision fulfilled, the Lord has been leading the leadership of this church in an upgrade in our vision to say it's time for us to change up a few things so that we can go where God is wanting us to go. And he's been faithfully doing it. He's been confirming it. We've been hearing it even prophetically through the, the, the journey through Haggai. And when, when Marlon was with us, he says, mark this day. It's a new day for this church. And in order for us to see this vision expressed from our homes, stretched out over our community, and echoing into the world that we live in, we have decided that from this day today, we're going to upgrade our name to Every Nation Helderberg. We believe that God has, through 18, almost 18 years of faithfulness, under the name Every Nation Summers of West, have done amazing things. That generation has seen incredible things. God has faithfully been working. He's been building a current. He's been pushing out. We've seen nations impacted. We've seen communities changed. We've seen projects planted. We've seen churches planted because of the faithfulness of every nation, Samsa West. But we now believe it's the time for us to stretch our vision. Just like it says in the book of Isaiah, stretch out your, pen, your, your tent, the, the pegs of your tent. Stretch it out. We make a greater habitation. It is time for us to say we see the whole Helderberg as our field of harvest. Now, that's already been happening. We've got people from all across the basin with us. It's not like now that we say this, it will happen. It is also a response of what God was already doing. That we are the Helderberg, that we are the whole basin, not just one town, but all the towns within it. But this vision gives us faith this morning that we can reach to 200,000 plus people in our community. That it's not just limited to one demographic, but it encapsulates the incredible, beautiful basin that God has chosen to put us in as people. So I want to say this morning, every nation of Helderberg, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. The harvest from Somerset College to Solari Spas is ready. Lift up your eyes. The harvest from Lawrenceford to Pardiflay is ready. Lift up your eyes, the harvest from Zola to Gordon's Bay is ready. God is stretching our vision and He's giving us the ability to dream for something far greater than what we have before. Every nation, Helderberg, the Helderberg is white unto harvest. And we will demonstrate His kingdom in every home in this basin. And from every home to every home and from our homes into our community, as we stand at the foot of this mountain, we look to the promised land of beyond, of places and people to reach, harvest even in far away lands. We are a people of vision and God wants to come. The end of 2021 and remind us of that. 
It's almost been five years that we've walked with this dream of changing every nation, Somerset West, to every nation, Helderberg. But God, in His sovereignty, leads us for the right moment and the right season. And we feel it is today, it is now. Why a name change? Four, great, four things that a name change does. First of all, it gives us greater vision. Secondly, it gives us greater faith. I don't know if your faith level is rising as you're hearing this, of what we can do in this basin. Thirdly, it gives us greater expectations of what God can do, the far and beyond what any eye has seen or imagined, which He promised to us. And then, importantly, it gives us greater unity in this basin. Greater vision because we are lifting our eyes to see the people of the entire basin living at the foot of this beautiful mountain. Greater faith because it will require greater exploits, greater risks, and greater generosity, and greater abandon to see the entire basin impacted by the kingdom. Greater expectation because we aim to reach this entire basin, the 200,000 plus people in it, and what could the church look like if we actually do that? See, our expectation arises in this moment. How can we build a church that could minister to thousands? And what would that church look like? And then greater unity. Because the name stretches us beyond our own town, our own location, our own school. It stretches us into the basin. And it invites all. It dreams about a name that welcomes all cultures, ethnicities, social economic realities, who calls the whole Helderberg their home. There's so many beautiful people in this basin that makes this their home. And we're saying, Lord, let us see all of them in all of their expressions. So today is a day of vision where we become every nation Helderberg. It's not just a name. It's not just a name. Please let it not just be a name. It's not like this massive change. I asked the team if we can change the name to Pierce Smith Ministries International (laughs) and put a bishop or an apostle in front of my name. And they said, no. I said, okay, that's fine. (laughs) We'll never do that. Because this is the vision. You guys are the vision carriers. You guys are the ones lifting your heads today. Not just leadership. You guys are the ones who says, yes, you know what? Under that name, we do think a little bit broader. We do think wider. We do think with more intentionality around what we can do for this basin to see greater unity, greater faith, greater vision, and greater expectation rise in our hearts. So I'm going to ask Dave to come and pray for us as a church. And I want us to stand in this moment where we say, Lord, this is the banner that we will carry under which name we will be a church. I hope you're ready to pray because when Dave prays, there's a fire in his heart that we all get to, to carry from. And I've asked him this morning when I prepared, I just felt he's got to pray for this new name and the vision that it carries. So can we just add our faith? Can we pray along? If you want to pray out loud with him, that's great. Let's pray for the, this name that the Lord has given us. Thank you, Lord. Yes, so Father, we we just lift up our hands to you today, God, and we thank you that for your vision for this basin that goes beyond Somerset West, that Strand, Halderberg, you know, the Halderberg includes 
um, Solari's past, including uh, Nomzamo, Zola, Loanle, uh, including the whole of Gordon's Bay, including all the areas in this basin. And God, we know that in our own strength, we can't possibly reach it. But we know with your strength, you have plans and purposes for this basin. And you promise that we are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works you've prepared in advance for us to do. So I thank you for the good works you've prepared for this church. And Lord, we want to walk in those good works. We want to walk in them and fulfill them. So won't you send us out as harvesters into your harvest field throughout this basin and beyond to see the kingdom of God come? And I thank you, Lord, for putting faith in our hearts. I thank you for putting fire in our hearts, a passion to see your kingdom come and to see this area change for, for, for generations to come, God. And, and we pray for your power to do that. And in the same way as Acts 4, we, 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 where the church asked, they said, stretch out your hand through us. Fill us with great boldness and stretch out your hand through us to perform signs and wonders, to powerfully demonstrate the kingdom and see your kingdom come. We pray the same today. I pray, God, for every single person here that you will anoint them with a great boldness to speak your word, to stand up for the kingdom, to teach the truth in all righteousness and without fear, and that you will stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders through your church, to show that you have come, Jesus, and the kingdom of God is advancing. And we thank you, Lord, for the incredible work you're going to do. And people are going to look back and say, it's amazing what God has done in this Halderberg region. It is amazing what God has, been, God has done. So thank you that we can be a part of your purposes, God. And we just sur- completely today surrender to your purposes for the Halderberg. Yeah, we thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Dave. As we look at this promised land, let's have a Joshua and a Caleb spirit who spied out the promised land and said this, we are well able to take it. Let's look at this basin with fresh fresh eyes, believing that God is raising up a priesthood of believers. That's all of us who can take this message of Jesus into the world. We are called to follow Jesus together, and as we follow him together, our vision becomes that harvest that he has called us to bring in, and I'm excited to see how the Lord is going to lead us in the years to come in making that happen. The second thing that we want to share with you this morning is about leadership. See, God has given leadership as a gift to his people. We see leadership formed right in the beginning of the story of the people of God. He chose leadership as a gift so that the people of God could be stewarded in the direction of the Lord. He gave leadership as an act of service, of giving up of oneself, of sacrifice, of laying down. Servant leadership is what God has called leaders to. And that's so beautifully shown in the life of Jesus Christ himself. But that's something that we value highly in this church, our leaders who serve. And God has given leadership to his church to continuously lead the people in vision. Not just say it once and say, hey guys, there we go, but to be in the field playing the game with the people, like a good captain on a tough test day who's there with the people, 
saying, come on, we've got 20 minutes left. We can do this. Come on, we've got 10 minutes left. The trial line is there. Let's run. Let's make this happen. That's what the role of leadership is, to always keep the vision in front of the people. Now, as God was preparing this, this house for the moment of redeclaring vision and our name, he was also hard at work in the hearts of our leadership team. And there's been a moment of just personal reflection. It's been great moments of team reflection. And the Lord just clearly saying that there's a clarity that he's bringing to leadership for the future. And just like there's generations who worship the Lord, there's season and generations of leaders to lead people where they need to go. When I speak about leadership this morning, I more specifically speak about the role of elders. Or as the Bible also say, overseers of a church. What do elders do? What do overseers do? Well, they guard the flock. They guide the flock towards the vision and within the vision. And they govern over the flock. They make sure that there's health, that there's protection, that there's prayer, that there's the word, that there's healthy doctrine, all of these things. And God has blessed this church with incredible elders. 1 Peter 5 explains the role of an overseer beautifully. I love this. This is the marching orders of this eldership team. And we can read it together. It says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. There is the definition of eldership. To shepherd, to protect, to pastor with oversight, with governance. And then he explains what that looks like. Not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Three things that elders do as they exercise oversight. They do it not under compulsion, but willingly. Eldership is a willingness to say, I want to serve the people of God for a season in a specific place, in a specific way. It's not something that you go and ask them like, hey, uh, do you want to be an elder? Like, like, I really don't want to. <laughs> people say, yes, I'd love to. I'd love to serve God's people like that. Now it comes with a weight. It comes with a responsibility. But that's being answered in the willingness of the heart to say, I want to do this. Secondly, elders, elders exercise oversight, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Sadly, in the world that we live in today, there's a lot of misuse of leadership, abuse of leadership, where there's gain for those who lead the people, where there's, there's something for them to get. And in this house and in our movement, that's not the case. Leaders will never lead because of any gain that they can get. It's not for a platform. It's not for opportunity. It's not for a leader's dreams to become true. If leaders lead so that their dreams can become true, then they will abuse the people. If leaders lead with the vision of Christ, for the glory of Christ, to the honor of God, then they will lead well. And they will do it eagerly. Because there's nothing that they can get out of it. It's all about leading the people well. 
And that's what the word and scripture gives us as the prerequisite of being an overseer. And then lastly, not domineering, but by being examples. That elders would so live that you could look at their lives and all of their lives and say, wow, they are emulating Christ. The vision that this house has, they're living it. They are following Jesus. They are disciples who make disciples. So the burden of eldership is one that we carry willingly, eagerly, and through examples. But then the most important part to the scripture is this. Elders exercise oversight submitted to the chief shepherd. We are simply there to become less as Christ increased in people's lives. We are simply there to take care of the flock until that glorious day that the chief shepherd appears in all his glory and with all of heaven and he comes and he takes his, his body and his bride to be with him for all eternity. So elders know that their responsibility is to keep pointing to the chief shepherd and to him alone. In Titus 1 and in 1 Timothy 3, we are given the requirements and the character and moral requirements of what it is to be an overseer. I'm going to quickly read this to us. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? So we know what elders do. They willingly, with submission to God as the chief shepherd, and eagerly exercise oversight over the God's people. And then these are the attributes of elders. Morally, the, char the character that they carry, the integrity that they walk in. But these people, more than that, that might not be written within these words that I just read. These are people who serve behind the scenes, often not seen. These are people who pray in midnight hours because there's something that we've got to pray for, through for the church. These are people who have heart meetings <laughs> and difficult ones because there's something to govern and we're not going to rest until we know what God expects of us in difficult moments. These are people who have sacrificed time and resources to serve through ministering the people in the house of God. And elders are people who keep constantly always making Jesus the center of everything we do. So this morning... We're going to have an eldership restructuring. And there's the team that has brought us as a house here, who's been walking with us all along. And in our past few uh, months of journey, the Lord has been speaking to some of these individuals on the team and saying, there's a new season for me to function in another way in the body. The beauty is that it's not only when you're an elder that you can function in your gift. We all have gifts. We all have, so these people will remain and they will continue to function in the gifting that God has for them, but the governance and the oversight function is removed from their shoulders. 
And in this morning, there's an opportunity for us to say, as every nation held a book, this is the team that's going to lead us going forward. So can I ask the Every Nation Sums of West eldership team to come and join me up front facing the people? That would be great. Every Nation Sums of West. Well done. You guys are awake. Tina Tin. The team that brought us here. Philippa, please come join Anthony as well. Awesome. Great. So, um, for those of you who don't know all of them, because the church haven't met that much and we have many wonderful new faces Pete and Katie on the far side, Ricky and Michelle, Neil and Lucy, myself, Niliana, Ant and Phil. Uh, we've been the eldership team when the church changed leadership six years ago on November the 15th. That's been leading this church for the past six years. Now, a couple of years before that, uh, all of us, except for Rick and Michelle, came onto the eldership team to start leading the church through the transition of new leadership. And since then, these guys have been faithfully here. Rick and Michelle have been here when the church was planted, helping to plant this church, establish every nation, Somerset West. Now, as I said, the Lord has been working through us and in us as a team. And this has been quite a season for us to navigate all the conversations of what we're doing. And about four years ago, Philippa stepped up and said, you know what, Pierre, I feel like there's a change of function for me within the body. I should not be doing governance and oversight with the team anymore. I want to focus on other things, and my capacity just doesn't allow me to do that. And we've shared that with you as a church back in the day, but she was there with Anthony from the start. Anthony uh, kept going, and he's not going anyway. Please, just stay here. Um, and in the beginning of the year, the, the Lord started speaking to Eliana about her function in the house. Because you know tra- traditionally how it is, it's, it's, a it's a pastor and a pastor's wife, but my wife is gifted beautifully in worship. She's gifted in relationship. She's gifted in hospitality. And she said, that's where I want to put my emphasis and my focus. I want to run with the gifts God has given me, not feeling I've got to be in these governance difficult moments sometimes and lead there. And as a team, we said, that's great. We set you free to go and be Heliana, as God has called you to be. So that happened earlier in this year. And then the Lord has been speaking to Lucy and Neil about their part in this church and where they feel like they're called to in their giftings. And similarly, they felt that the season of being part of the eldership team has come to a close, and they've decided to remove themselves from the eldership team for the future. And then Ricky and Michelle have also been on a journey of seeking God about what He has called them to as individuals. Faithfully been serving here for almost 18 years, building this house. And then as God is, He rocks up in our lives and He says, Hey, I'm doing something new. And can we allow God to be God and do the new when He does and when He wants to? Pete and Katie, I've been praying that they're not hearing the Lord's voice, so he hasn't said anything to them yet. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Pete and Katie have reaffirmed their faith, their, their commitment to stay on, on this eldership team. And in a moment, I'll speak about the Every Nation Halderberg elders. But I want to take a moment and honor these men and women for their faithfulness.
You guys jumped the gun, but thank you. That was amazing. That is awesome. That's exactly what's in my heart this morning. I want to take a moment and just for the team that's moving on, just, just a thought on every person. I want to say thank you, Philippa, for even though you stepped out of the function of eldership, you never stopped giving to this church in the gifting and the call that God has on your life. And you're such an example of what it could be like for all of us that we can continue to fully function in that call and that gift. So I want to honor you for that. Mm. Helena. <laughs> it's awkward, right? No, it's not. <laughs> sure. I, I want to honor you. <laughs> I do. I want to honor you for saying yes to serve alongside me when you knew that God has called you to other things and other gifts, but you submitted. And you said, I want to serve this house alongside Pierre. Even though it was very hard at times, you've continued to do it, and you've continued to do it joyfully. And at the same time, you've never put down the gift that God has given you, faithfully stewarding you. So I want to honor you for that this morning. Nila, sure, this guy is incredible. Um, he, he thinks completely different to me, and, and I love that. And I've asked him, don't stop thinking. <laughs> but what I love about Neil is he brings a perspective and a God perspective, not just a new perspective, into scenarios that, that the team often didn't see or noticed. There's a real gift in you, my friend, to, to look at things and come up with solutions and answers and, and real steps towards those things that we honor. He's the man that's helped us build our whole constitution as it is. He's worked at how many pages document, Rick? Probably 100 plus pages document through this six years. He's been faithful. He's been around. And I would just, just want to say, Neil, that behind the scenes, you've done more than any one of us know. And God has been growing his gift uh, in prophetic as well. And so many times I would get a message on one of the hardest days of the week, and it's from Neil Cox saying, hey, Petey, just want to encourage you. The Lord has laid this on my heart for you today. And it's changed my direction of that day because of your faithfulness. I want to honor you for that this morning. Let's honor Neil. Amen. Lucy. <laughs> Two minutes with Lucy and you are challenged in your love and your devotion for Jesus. Because she doesn't just live it. She oozes a passion for Christ. And it's such an encouragement to all of us. And the Lord has called her to greater things, I believe. And I want to say thank you for sticking it out for a long time, where in your own heart you knew that, that the Lord has got other callings and things for your life, but you stuck it out. You've stayed faithful. You've served. You've loved. You've opened up your house. You've opened up your heart. You've opened up your mouth in moments where God needed to speak to us prophetically here. And we want to honor you for your faithfulness this morning. Amen. Captain, that's my name for him. <laughs> when we were, we were given the reins to lead this church um, in 2006, Elena and I, we said, we can only do this if Ricky and Michelle are with us in this journey. And they have been the whole time. There hasn't been a day where we doubted whether they have been with us in their function as elders. And I want to say thank you, Rick, for for being the leader 
that I never knew I needed <laughs> um, around me every single day. Ricky and I have been able to build a relationship over the years that we can just see each other and then we know, <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> and many times our meetings becomes just a time of check, chatting and checking in. So I want to say thank you for keeping me close to Jesus and keeping me on track and keeping me humble and keeping me focused on the vision. And thank you for the, the work that you've done to make this vision fulfilled for 18 years. We want to honor you this morning. Amen. Awesome. Michelle, sure, few people come with the fervor and the passion that you have. And anyone that spent time with you would echo that. Amen. And it's your passion and your fervor and your fire for God. And this is the amazing thing about you. You've got a fire for God, but you know where that fire is sustained. It's sustained in intimacy. And that's the beauty about it. Some people have got a fire, but they lose the, the intimacy. They lose the sustaining. So I want to honor you for keeping your fire going for the Lord and for building this house. So many people today who are part of this family because of you being bold and having a conversation and reaching out because you just could not contain Jesus in your own heart. And we want to honor you for representing Jesus so beautifully in this life. Amen. Now to Ant and Pete and Katie, um, there's a lot that I can say to them. But in a moment, we will talk about the elders that's going to lead our church going forward. So I want to take a moment to praise God for this team. Um, many of you might not know, but we've walked through some very difficult things in the past six years. And in all of that, the Lord has used this team to see churches planted in the Eastern Cape. The Lord has used this team to bring health to our community. The Lord has used this team to start and fire up new projects, new visions, new things. The Lord has used this team to help us connect with, with every nation in Europe, to send people there, to partner with them. We've gone through some moments where it felt like the storms of the ocean is going to sink this team, but these guys had grit and they had grace, and we got through to the other side. So can we give God the honor for this season that we've been through as a team? Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for faithful men and women who faithfully said yes to you. We thank you, Lord, for almost 18 years of faithfulness, Father, where you have building every nation, Somerset West, to become the bride and the house that you have dreamed her to be. Lord, and thank you that in this moment today, Father, as these people say, it's time for me to go build on another part of the wall. It's time for me to go to another part in the kingdom and focus on what God is calling me to there. May they look back on their faithfulness over the past years. Knowing, Father, that they've done well in honoring God. Father, I pray that you would continue to lead their hearts in the call that you have for them. I pray, Lord, that your voice would be the only voice that counts, that matter, and that they hear. As they read your word and as they listen to your spirit, may you lead them confidently, confidently, I pray, Lord, into the things that you have for them, Father. And today, as a church, we honor you for every nation, Samson West.
We say thank you for being God in our midst. Thank you for leading us on. And thank you for this day where the soft rain falls. So significant, Lord. Winter is supposed to be over, but you're giving us rain today. Reminding us of this past winter where you just lavished us with the water we needed. And thank you for this team that has brought living water to this community. We praise your name. In Jesus' name alone. Amen. Can we give God one more praise as they go and sit down? And you can stay. Katie, not yet. You're going to have to come back. <laughs> cool. Oh, great. Bring me one too. <laughs> and come join me. Um, so for the past year, not knowing that the Lord will actually lead us here, we've just been feeling an, an urgency to broaden the team. Uh, Eugene and Marla, come and join us, have been walking with us as an eldership team. And although this is not the official moment where we set them in as elders, uh, that'll be early next year when we have one of our Every Nation Southern Africa leaders here with us. They've already been eldering. And when they came onto the team at the beginning of the year, they're like, okay, what do we do? I'm like, just be Eugene and Marla. Because you are already doing it. It's not like you've got to change or do more or do differently. Just come and bring what God has brought, uh, brought you to bring to this, to this community, to this church. So going forward, they're going to serve on this team. And then the Lord spoke to us clearly saying, for every nation, Halderberg, it's time to think for the Halderberg in our eldership. And with joy this morning, I invite Linda and Tabisa to become part of this eldership team as well. You can come and join us. Linda and Tabisa, for you who don't know, they lead our church in Zola. As of today, every nation, Halderberg, Zola. <laughs> Been doing amazing work there. When you're amongst them, when you're amongst their people, when in your church, their church services, one can't help but just see the, the face of God in their midst, their faithfulness. And we need them. We need them to dream for the Halderberg. We need their wisdom. We need their insight to plan, to govern, to steward towards this vision for the whole basin. And I'm excited to have them part of the, the eldership team for Every Nation Halderberg in the future. They'll continue to lead their eldership team in their expression in Zola. And as an eldership, we'll have moments where we will lead for this expression here. But we're excited to build together towards this vision of saying, God, there are 200,000 and more people to reach in this basin. Give us the vision. Raise our expectations. And I know the people they are and the way that they built will help us get there. So we want to honor you and we want to thank you for saying yes to Jesus and to this call. And I'm excited for what God's going to do. I'm excited that although people are shifting their focus in their function, that they are still around, that they are still with us. I'm excited that the Lord has spoken to the Millers to stick it out in this role for a longer season. 
because what they have to bring is so beautifully pastoral. There's such a need, especially in this time, people who deeply care. When you read what elders are like and it says people who open up their homes, mm, this is them. Like if you've ever been to their house, it's open. The front door is constantly open. And as, as, as Pete and I spoke this week, just the witness of the previous team and then the witness of this team, men who love their wives, wives who love their husbands, children who are showed in the way of God, that's all, those are the things that's most important to us. And the dynamic that they bring towards this house is something that we are deeply grateful for. And we want to thank you for that and continue walking in it. And then Ant has been such an incredible treasure to this house. Just, no one quotes scripture like Anthony Geard. He can probably recite the whole of Romans by now. I know that's been one of his goals. Maybe one day we'll get to experience that. But it's not about reciting scripture. It's about the clarity that he brings. He can step into a scenario and he brings clarity. He brings direction. He brings the love of God with the fear of the Lord. And he just brings vision wherever he goes. And he's been faithfully serving. So with this team, and Eugene and will say nice words about you when it's time to make you official. We are excited to lead you guys. We're excited for the future. We're excited to see Every Nation Helderberg become the church that God has dreamed of us to become. And I'm going to ask Matt, as representing the congregation, to pray for this team, to pray for us as leaders. And if you feel like that, will you stand and stretch out your hands to us? Because we need your prayers. We need your covering. That would be amazing. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. appear for God to mention that uh, to be an elder in this church, you need to be at least 1.85 meters tall. <laughs> so Calvin, not going to happen, not going to happen. <laughs> oh, praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Your wife has to be below 1.5. <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. Psalms chapter 18 and verse 1 says, I will love thee, O Lord. You are my strength, present, continuous. I will love thee, O Lord. You are my strength. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the minds of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed these things through his spirit. And the spirit of God searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. Psalms 42 verse 1 says, As the deer panteth for streams of water, and therefore my heart also pants for thee, O Lord. As a house, we want to pray those three things upon you. Number one, that the love of God will get deeper and deeper in your own personal walk. The love for the house of God and the people of God will just erupt. Ministry and serving God can be draining, but if that personal love continues to grow, you get closer to Jesus. Second thing is anointing, power, the bursting out of God's gifts. I pray specifically for Katie and Pete. This is a season where God is even going to release some gifts that you didn't know you had. Some that you didn't even think God would be able to erupt in you 
may those begin to operate. Eugene and Marla, influence, influence, influence and anointing, influence and anointing beyond even your own imagination. Pastor Linda and Pastor Tabiso, just strength, strength, strength in the community, strength to be able to stand and end a new season of covering. And finally, the passion for the things of God. Let us pray. Let's change our hands unto them. Father God, we are thankful, Lord, for this eldership. We're thankful, Lord, for just your covering over their lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that even in this moment, you are here to clothe them with your presence, to strengthen them, to cover them, and to give them, Lord, a passion for the Heldeberg. Thank you, Father, Lord, even as they lead, they are indeed following you. And as they follow you, Lord, we follow them as we follow you together with them. Father, I pray for their families. I pray for their children. I pray that the mighty blood of Jesus will just endure their families. I pray for supernatural provision, for divine protection, and for favor, Almighty Father. As you say in Luke 2, verse 42, that Jesus grew in favor with God and with men. I pray, Lord, this new season of their walk with you, that they would grow and multiply in favor with God and with men. I pray, Almighty Father, Lord, for the pouring out of spiritual gifts, the gifts of wisdom, the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of discerning of spirits, the gifts of miracles, Father, the gifts of healings. Father, we pray and we speak those in the name of Jesus, particularly for Pastor Linda and Pastor Tabisa and Zola. Father, we pray for the anointing to be able to break the yokes of bondage, the yokes of, of demonic oppression, the yokes, Almighty Father, of poverty and crime. Father, the hearts to be able to heal the brokenhearted, Almighty Father, and to open doors for those that are oppressed. Thank you, Father, for Pierre and for Anthony and for their faithfulness. We pray, Lord, that you will just continue to fill their cups. We pray, Lord, even for the rest of the congregation, Lord, that we will continue to intercede on their behalf, continue to pray for them, continue, Almighty Father, to lift them up unto you. And may all God's people say amen and amen.